Well, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, everybody. How we doing? Come on now. Y'all can do better than that. How we doing? Amen. Y'all still love God? Do y'all still love God? Do y'all still love Jesus? All right. I just want to make sure that I'm in the, in the right crowd because we're going to have a, a wonderful, wonderful time tonight. Hey, I was, I was going to pick up my daughter from Columbus State University. She's at school down there, right? And so my youngest one, I went down there to pick her up, and we're in the car, and she starts telling me, and I, you guys, I don't know if you heard about this that was going around, but she starts telling me that there are people dressing up in clown suits, attack. Have y'all heard about that? Now, now, she told me this. Now, y'all may not understand. You know, I, 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 I'm, I am a male, and I am an alpha male, and I am proud to be one. But I am scared of clowns. <laughs> so I thought, I, I told her, I said, you know, it got to be the last days when people would dress up in a clown suit and attack somebody. I mean, that's the devil if I ain't ever seen it before in my life. And they're just doing stuff like that. I said, you know what, if, if, if there's any moment right now that we need to sign a petition towards something, it's people in clown suits. We just need to stop the violence there. I mean, seriously. Holler, whatever. All of that. I got three babies. We ain't never had a clown at a birthday party. And I got a grandson. We ain't never going to have a clown. Ever. Ban clowns. Amen. We're done. <laughs> All right. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to get that off my chest before we got into the word. Amen. Praise God. Well, like I said, I've got three, three daughters. You guys know I've got three girls, 18, 19, and my oldest is about to turn 21. And uh, I remember back before they were born, well, me and Brandy, when we were dating, you know, we you did the little date questions. You guys are almost there. You know, you start asking. So, you know, do you want to have kids? Do you want to hack it? You know, you're trying to figure out how serious it's going to be and all that other stuff, you know. And, and she said she wanted four kids. And I'm like, four? My gosh, you know they grow up, right? And she's like, she wanted four. I wanted two. We compromised on three. I, I believe we compromised on three. And so, but I remember the conversations we had before they were born. You know, we talked about, we wondered what they would look like if we had boys, if we had girls. Do you want boys? Do you want girls? And, you know, we, we just begin to talk about their future what they would do, what they could become. You know, we, we, we had all this imagination and dreaming for them. I mean, just doting over our kids. And, you know, and I'm pretty sure if I ask your parents the same, the same thing, they'll probably t say the same thing. I just, I, we, before they were born, we, we just really wondered about them and where they would go, what they would do, what they would become how successful they could be. Maybe they'll be a doctor. What if they become a, a senator or a president? Or what, How could they change the world? You know, as a parent, I did that. And I truly believe, as a parent, God does that. You know, in Jeremiah 1.5, it says that the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah had a very special calling. God had already appointed him. And I believe God does the same thing with each one of us. He already knows that, you know, this is what they may do. And I, I wonder what they're going to do with my word. And, and, and how can they change the world? Even before you were formed, he did that. 
You know, this is the same Jeremiah in, in Jeremiah 29, 11. We all quote the scripture. We love the scripture. It says, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I shared this with you before that that word plans actually is more close to our word designs. Isn't that cool? That he just doesn't have a plan for us, but he's actually designed a plan for you. And the plan that's prosperous, he designed a plan that's going to give you hope and a future. You know, and this, this was, a, uh, was Jeremiah's word to Israel during a season when they were in exile. I wonder if it came from his own calling, his own word. See, this was his special calling, or I like to say this was his destiny. The inevitable or necessary fate to which a particular person is destined, one's lot. Everyone has an appointed destiny. And our job is to find it in Christ. And so what, what, I, what I like to do is start off because the title of this message is Appointed for Destiny. Because everyone has one. But you can only find that appointment in Christ. And so I want to hone in because you hear people say, you know, you, you need to live in Christ. You are in Christ. You, you know, and, but we may not understand completely what that means. And so let's just take a moment to define what it means to be in Christ. See, we lived our lives, and even though you're young, and all of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, correct? It's, it's everybody, right? So, so to be in Christ, see, prior to that, you live your life just like everybody else. You know, you manage your home just like everybody else. You live just like everybody else in the world, and your heart is bent towards selfishness just like everybody else. Before Christ, we had no hope. All we had was a simple existence with a sense of morality, but no strength to achieve it. Many of us were lost. Many of us were broken. Many of us were defeated. Without Christ, we have no power. But when God graciously introduced himself to us, when, he, when we had that encounter, that experience, everything changed. God took us who were weak and ordinary and made us strong and extraordinary. I love that. He doesn't, he doesn't see us in this old, filthy suit we once had before. But he sees us in a new white robe of righteousness. See, Isaiah 61, he says it this way. Now, let's go back. Let's go back. Here we go back. There we go. Isaiah 61, he says, says it this way. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Isn't that powerful? This was, this was Isaiah prophesying to us about our current state in Christ today. He was letting us know this is who you are today. So now we don't conduct our lives like we, like we were in the old suit anymore. Now we, we don't act like we used to before. See, now we act different because all the attributes of the robe are now on us. See, when, when I was a kid, right, and I, my kids don't believe this, but I was a kid at once, right? So when I was a kid, we used to play superheroes. It's okay, guys. I know. Yeah, I feel you, right? We, we used to play superheroes. And, and everybody, we'd be out in the playground, and we'd say, all right, we're going to play Justice League. And immediately, everybody start calling their characters, because, you know, whoever calls it first gets it, right? 
Everybody starts crying. So one guy said, I'm the hawk. And he'll be like, don't make me angry. Arr. You know, he'll be the hawk. And another one would say, I'm the flash. And he'll just start running around real fast. So he'll just start taking all over the place real fast, right? Because he's like, I'm the flash. And then another one would say, I'm Captain America. See, he's right here in the front. I'm Captain America. And, and you know, and he'll, he'll go get something to have his shield. And another one would say, I'm Aquaman, which we were nowhere near water. I don't know how you're going to be Aquaman, but it's all right. He wanted to be Aquaman, and if there were any girls around, they were always Wonder Woman or Batgirl or Supergirl, never Catwoman, amen. But, you know, they were all that, right? They would, they would, they would they'd be all that. And everybody would choose their character. And me, I'd choose mine. And my character was Superman. Yes. Come on, somebody. Do I, do I get a witness in the house? You see what I'm saying? Mine's a Superman, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Superman, stop bullets. Superman, x-ray vision. Superman, flying over mountains, hovering over the ocean. I mean, just bad, inside and out. Stopping strong, using my strength in everything. Superman, the man of steel. Come on. Come on. Look at that. This bad. Look at that. Look at that. I want to watch it again. No, all right. Superman was my guy. And I, and I, and I, and I love being Superman. And so what, what we would do is, what we would do is everybody would run home and get their costumes. You know, and the Hulk, he would get all green and put green on. And, and the Flash, he, he would just put on a suit and put lightning on. You know, everybody get their costume. And me, I'll go get a cape. And I have that cape around me. And see, before I was just Tommy, I was just a regular kid, nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary. But when I put that cape on, let me tell you something. I put that cape on, I became something different, something special and unique. I felt like everything that was in the cape was on me. See, before I couldn't do anything, but now I was able to do, I was, I was able to run fast. I was able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. I was able to fly, and I was scared of heights still, but it was okay. I still was able to fly. I believe that so much that we, we play in the house, and I get on top of the dresser and just jump off the dress onto the bed. You know, because I'm Superman, and I believed I was Superman, and I believed I could fly. And I would act out all the abilities that this cape gave to me. When confronted with an enemy, I'd take him out with my superhuman strength. Tommy couldn't do anything, but Tommy, a superman, can do all things. And you see, you've been given a robe of righteousness. And all the capabilities are, that are synonymous with that robe are now on you. You got a new suit now, and all the abilities that that suit can do are on you. The Bible is our instruction manual. It tells us how the suit works. It tells us how we conduct our lives, how to conduct our finances, our moral code of conduct. It even explains to us who else wore the suit before us. See, see, watch this. I, I, I need two volunteers, one, one female and one male. Right there. I already used doing Captain America. I can't, you know, I can't. It, it, it'll be double dipping. I can't do it. All right, you come up. You, you're right here. And come on, Precious, right here. All right, come on. All right. All right. So here, I, I want you to see this now. Now, let, watch this. Who picked out your clothes for you? Did you or your mom? Or 
You did. All right, you picked. That's fine. It's okay. You picked out your clothes for you. Okay. All right, so you chose your clothes, and you probably shopped with your mom and got your clothes, right? And you wear what you like to wear. Your parents probably brought your clothes for you, but they were brought for you. So they represent you, right? They represent who you are. Now, when you got saved, God said, this represents you. But I'm going to give you something that represents me. And so instead of you, come here. Step in, don't step in, put that on there. And don't fall. You got it? All right. And, and you see, I got one for the women and one for the guys. Yeah, this look. She want to put the guy one on. All right, and put this over your head for you. Now, 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 watch this. Watch this. Now, they have on God's garments and not their own. Y'all see this? See, see. Isaiah called it a robe. Paul called it the armor of God. Come on. But they were trying to say the same thing. It's the power of God on me that is making me who I am. I don't identify with my old clothes anymore that I bought, that I paid for, that belonged to me. Now I identify with the new clothes that God has put on me. Now, now you don't see my, my normal garments anymore. You, look, if this fit him, you wouldn't even be able to see his clothes anymore. The only thing you would see is the robe. The only thing you would see is what God gave him. And see, and, and, and here's the thing. Now, th this is how we can take it even deeper. Watch this. Now she conducts herself based upon the robe she has on. And there is nothing you can do. Now, he can choose to take the robe off. He can choose to take the armor off. But there's nothing we can do to make God take it off of us. Y'all catch that? There's nothing we can do to make God take the clothes back off of this. See, before they dressed and acted in their own ability, but all the ability is on the road. So now they conduct themselves based upon the road. See, before they did their own thing, but now they do the thing based upon the armor they got on. Y'all catching this? See, the power that we have it's not in us. It's in Christ. The power that we live by is not us. It's in Christ. See, and so, so just like I had the cape on, I was acting like Superman. It had nothing to do with me. It was all the power that was in the cape. And I, and I believe God wants you to understand this. You are in Christ. All your ability is in him and your purpose can only be found in him. Amen? Come on, give them a hand. Fantastic job. Now, 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 why, now, now here's where we run into a challenge. Precious, it's okay, I got it. I know, it's all right. All right, we won't pick a high C next time. All right, here we go. All right. Here's the challenge, though. All right, the challenge is, why is it that when we look across the body of Christ, it doesn't reflect that power as much? 
How, how is it that we have this robe on and all this ability, but yet and still, there's more division, there's more strife, there's a lot more fear that's going on than anything else. And see, when, when, I, when we were playing superheroes, and then I'll be doing my Superman thing, right, and I'll be flying and, and, and jumping off and throwing big logs and everything, somebody will, will come out with this green rock. And, and in the presence of this rock, I couldn't do anything. Yeah, kryptonite, kryptonite. And so what will what, happen is in the game, I would freeze, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't move for 20. I had to count to 20. And in the middle of me counting, they run over, and they kicking me, and they punch me and beat me up, and I'm trying to hurry up. 56, 7, 18, 19, 20, and I can feel free. That, that worked in the game, but in real life, it's much more deadlier than that. See, kryptonite, here's something interesting. Kryptonite does not kill Superman. It just renders him powerless. It just renders him powerless. Watch this. So how do you know if you may have kryptonite in your life? Because kryptonite is the thing that could be blocking you from fulfilling your purpose. Well, one, here's, here's some ways to look. If there's lack in any area of your life, there could be kryptonite there. Now, at your age, you go, well, what is lack? If you're lacking peace, if you're lacking joy, if you're lacking a relationship, especially with your parents, if there's lack anywhere in your life, that could be stealing your power to be who God has called you to be. You know, another one is if there's any unresolved stress. This generation has more stress than I have ever seen in any generation. Any unresolved stress. The third one is if you have fear. How many of y'all been scared before? Yeah, I did not realize how paralyzing fear could be until a snake got in my garage. <laughs> Let me tell you something, right? I, 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 a snake. Now, I'm not deathly afraid. Well, I, I, apparently I am afraid when you hear the story. Afraid of snakes? But I pulled up to my garage, hit the button to open it, and a snake was lying right across about six feet long. You think six feet long? Snake. So what I do, I jump up, take my cell phone, take a picture of it, and send it to my wife. Well, freaks out because she's wondering, why did you send me a picture of a snake? So I'm in my car, and I figure, what's the best thing to do? Run over it. So I run over the snake. Boop, boop. I look, now, I didn't get out the car, but I'm looking out the side of the car. I don't see the snakes no, nowhere. So I'm scared. You know, I am. I'm scared. I, you know, I did one of these things. I jumped out the car, jumped on the hood of the car, looking around the garage, and I see it in the corner, coiled up. And I, I, I go over there with my cell phone flashlight. I see it there, and I, I could not move. Fear had gripped my whole body. I, I, I heard people say they were paralyzed with fear. I never knew what that felt like until that moment, frozen, can't do nothing, can't move, powerless. So what's the first thing I do? I open up my phone and I called a friend of mine, Lee Graham. Some of y'all may know him, called Lee Graham, Lee's country. So I'm like, Lee, what do you do? He's telling me, you know, hey, the bodies are real soft, just get a stick and just hit it in the head and it'll die. Hit it in the head, and hit the snake in the head. Hit it in the head. He tells me to get a stick and hit 
the snake, and I looked at the phone. I was trying to think, who else can I call? <laughs> so I shoved the snake out. Watch this. I, I, I open up the garage door next to it. I, I get enough boldness to shove it out, and he keeps trying to get back in. The devil is a lie. <laughs> he keeps trying to get back in. So I close the, the garage doors. I grab a ladder. I run around front. The snake is slithering down my driveway towards the garage doors again. I climb up on top of the ladder as high as I could. I'm standing, I'm, I'm up top with this thing, with this stick, and I go to town. I mean, I'm going at it. I'm going at it. And I'm beating this thing, and it's flipping, and oh, Jesus. It's flipping, and I'm beating it, and it's flipping, and then my neighbors are driving by, and they just see this big black dude on a ladder hitting the ground because they don't see a snake. So I'm up there beating the snake, and then finally the snake, you know, it stops and dies. And then what do I do? I take a selfie with the snake. I'm like, I killed it. Look at this. I killed I sent it to Brandy. Baby, I slayed the dragon. That thing was huge. It was 12 feet long. That thing was trying to get me. Whole thing. You don't know how to tell a good story. It was 12 feet long. I killed that thing. But it, it mesmerized me that you could be paralyzed with fear. You know, the devil does the same thing to us tries to paralyze us with fear. You try to kick him out, he tries to come back and challenge you. And we got to do the same thing. Now, I ain't saying, though, if your little brother makes you mad, get up on the ladder and beat him. Don't do that. But, but we have to treat it the same way, with the same approach. You know, I told this story to the main congregation. Somebody came up and asked me. They said, so, Pastor Tommy, did you ever see a snake again? I said, I did see a snake again. I did. But this time when I saw it, I ran to it. I didn't run away from it. I grabbed the stick and went right into the bushes. No, you ain't. Let me see. What I, I, I went right at it because I conquered my fear the first time. Fear in any area can be a sure sign that there may be kryptonite in that area stealing your power to be who God has called you to be. So we, gotta, we, ought, we always got to close it because I got to talk about this. So how do we get rid of it? There are three ways we're going to discuss on getting rid of it. Number one, you got to get rid of selfishness. And, and selfishness is this. Some of us want to keep our issues. Some of us, we know what we need to do, but we don't do it. We know what we need to do to resolve situations. Just don't do it. It's as if we want to keep the problem. I know it seems crazy, right? seems insane. None of y'all do that. I'm pretty sure not. But it seems like you want to hold on to the issue. You want to keep the problem. We got to get, and it's a selfish motive to do that. We got to get rid of selfishness. Number two, ask for help. You have loving leaders here that are willing to pray for you and help you as much as we can. But oftentimes, we never ask for help. We never reach out to those who are able to help us in our situations. You know, many times Superman We'll have kryptonite. Sometimes it'll be a necklace or it'll be just a rock in front of him or it'll be a beam of light or something. And oftentimes in the middle when he, he can't do anything, one of his other superhero friends, they'll come and they'll help him. They'll remove the kryptonite so he can be restored back to who he truly is. Some of us need to reach out for help to get rid of the kryptonite so we can be restored to truly be who God has called us to be. Ask for help. And then the last one is we need to trust God. We just need to trust God. 
You know, many of us, we, we, we say we do. And I said this many times in the underground. We say we do. We say we trust God. But do we really believe the songs that we sing? Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Do we really believe that? Does our life really display that we really need him? Or are we just singing a great melody with good words and a good song to make us feel good? We have to begin to trust God. I, I truly believe if we do that, get rid of the selfishness in our heart, ask for help, and put our faith in God, then we can be the people God has called us to be because we got on the uniform. We got on the suit. We're just not using the abilities that are all in the suit. Amen? So let's go back to Jeremiah 1. The Lord says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And I appointed you as, and you guys fill in the blank. See, that, that's, that's your portion to fill in. What has God called you to do and to be? Search your heart and trust Christ to reveal it to you. That's your purpose. I like to use this word. That's your assignment. What's your assignment? Each of us has an appointment with destiny. It's time to fulfill it. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father God, I just thank you and praise you for this word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to us so that we may be restored and whole. Father God, that we have on his robe, that you see him when you see us now. And Father, let us fulfill all the attributes of that robe. While everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, if you are in a position right now, keep your, everybody keep your eyes closed. If you are in a place right now or a position right now of doubt, a place of doubt, not doubting if God exists, but just doubting does he love you? Does he truly accept you? You believe but you wonder, Lord, do you love me? Do you really love me? Can, can you, can you really love me? Hallelujah. While everybody's eyes are closed and head is bowed, if that is you, could you just raise your hand and just let me pray for you? Amen. 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 Father God, I just... Give you glory and honor and praise, Lord. Father, I just ask that you pour out your love on those who wonder if. You know, the enemy is up to his old tricks saying, did God really say? Well, yes, he did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting love. Father God, I just ask that you seal that in our hearts this night. Father, seal that in our minds this night to never question you, but, Father, to trust in you and hold fast to who you are.